Well, hello there. Um, do you know what? It, it's always the same. When I think about changing how I'm going to introduce the programme, I think, right, I'm going to start. Instead of going, hello, welcome to Meanwhile in the Falklands, which I can just run off my tongue, I thought I'll try, hello there. And then, and then I just get lost because it's just totally off script. I don't do off script. Hello, Steve. You're sitting on my bed with me. I am. Hello. How are, how, how are you, listener? Mm. Hello, listener. So we're on the bed again. Um, yes, thank you for asking. My back is a little bit better, but I'm still um, not brilliant. So um, I'm spending most of my time sitting in a relaxed position um, and taking medication. But anyway, um, let's go on with the show. Um, it's uh, we, we haven't spoken to you for two weeks, although the podcast we recorded two weeks ago didn't go out until last week. So... You think you only heard us last week, but it was actually two weeks ago. Um, I've got my diary with me, so I thought I'd have a look at what I would have been doing this week. Um, 21st of April is actually a bank holiday in the Falkland Islands. Uh, it's the Queen's birthday. Um, and luckily for us, it comes to the... Uh, usually when it's... It's still quite good weather, isn't it? Queen's birthday. Yeah, normally. Yeah. yeah. And, you, well, and it's a good job, really, because the... Governor wears his traditional regalia at the uh, parade, which includes a helmet with ostrich feathers on, which can absolutely blow apart if it's a particularly blustery day. Now, there's a former governor of the Falkland Islands who told me that the only reason the guides or scouts are sort of surround the governor at that point is so that they can catch the hat when it falls when it gets blown off because oh. there's lots of wind in the Falkland Islands um so usually we do have a parade there's usually a band down there isn't it usually the Gurkhas at this time of year there's a Gurkha band I thought no it, it, I mean the Gurkhas have been down but it's a um a number of bands of course we had several years ago the incident where um, they got the band on the plane and then found out there was too much weight on the plane oh, yes. and took all their instruments off. <laughs> and so the band came down, but they had no instruments to play, which was rather hilarious at the time. Because we, we contacted the media ops and said, do you, want, do you want us to have a whip round and see what instruments we can get together? You know, because we obviously, we've got a trumpet at home. I know a couple of people have got trumpets and a euphonium and whatnot, and we could... We could have cobbled together a military band, but no, they didn't. They didn't like that idea, so uh, no band for that year. Um, so yeah, last was it last year or the year before? We had uh, I'm sure it was a Gurkha band, and uh, they played the Game of Thrones theme while the governor was inspecting the troops. Oh wow! Yes, all I, I, do you know what I possibly wasn't there for that? Then all didn't oh, so might not all, been there for that because I would have definitely remembered that anything yeah. Games of Thrones related. You would have remembered. I would have remembered. Um, the big guns are let off a twenty-one gun salute on the. Um, I think that is a twenty-one gun salute. I'm sure somebody will correct me if it wasn't. Um, they go off on the uh, on the main uh, victory green, but you've got to stand if you're. We've, obviously we film it so we have a locked off camera and then we have like two or three people knocking around with mobile cameras but the locked off shot takes our safety shot and then when it comes to the guns going off the camera just moves slightly so it's got the guns straight in its sights hey look at that do you see what i did there yeah, I um yeah. but you've got to be careful you've got to you've got to be on the correct side otherwise the smoke from all the guns just goes straight into the yeah, and it's you don't see a lot. And you don't see a lot, no. So that's the Queen's birthday parade. That's usually um, happens, but this year I think uh, the governor went down with his ADC and uh, MLA Stacey Bragger, 
um, and they stood two metres apart uh, whilst the flag went up the flagpole. So, um, But no parade. But no parade, no, no parade. Um, Saturday, this Saturday, of course, 25th, is Anzac Day, and Ooh. it is... Uh, it is marked in the Falkland Islands with a dawn service, uh, which is usually around seven o'clock, um, or seven fifteen, I think it is, um, at the Cross of Sacrifice, which is where the cemetery is. Um, FITV, can I just say, always turn up, even though it's still dark, and I've been there at quarter to seven in the morning. There's not been a soul around. And we've stood there, I think it was last year or the year before, it was Katie, Hannah and myself, and we went down there, and it got to about ten past seven, and we were going, do you think they cancelled it? And, and we're still here, because it's happening in a minute. And then all of a sudden, people arrived, um, and it was done. So, yeah, so I told you to research this, so... Well, firstly, um, one of the reasons that, um, obviously it's popular, because it's commemorating the Australian and New Zealand service men and women, that have uh, lost their lives over the various conflicts over the years. Um, but a, a big draw, in the Falklands at least, are the bacon sandwiches that the governor provides at Government House. No, that's not true. Um, it's the Anzac biscuits. But anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but no. in all seriousness, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice... It's a, it's a very intimate service. It's very dark, obviously, because mm. the sun hasn't risen. So it's quite stressful for us. Um, our footage is always grainy, the cameras really struggle but that's not the point the point is it's a dawn service it overlooks the harbour you watch the sunrise it is it's very moving yeah very moving service. well it was initially started to um kind of remember the uh the the um servicemen and women that lost their lives in the battle of gallipoli yeah. in turkey mm. uh in the first world war oh, okay that's where it comes from yeah that's where that's where it originated from but obviously it's now uh, sort of widens as there's been a, obviously a number of conflicts since then that yes. uh, Australia and New Zealand have lost uh, servicemen and women yeah. in. So it's to commemorate all of that. So it's, effectively, it's the it's the equivalent to their Remembrance Sunday in many respects. Okay, um, that's not straight from Wikipedia, is it? No, that's your knowledge. My knowledge. Okay, that's fine. Um, yes, big connection obviously with Australia and New Zealand with the Falklands, with the sheep and the shearers. There's got quite a Somebody once said to me years ago that the Falkland Islands accent is basically New Zealand with a bit of a Dorset twang. Yes, and, and the other thing that happened, we, you know, occasionally, you know, you get an influx of uh, people from New Zealand or and you know, Australia. And um, strangely enough, um, the cricketing um, side of things improves when those people are there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the uh, the level of cricket definitely ups when we get a mm. an influx of people from uh, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Actually, uh, Falkland Islands, of course, still undefeated in Jamaica. Um, let's just put that one in. Um, <coughs> and if you want to know why, you need to listen to previous podcasts to find out about that. Anyway, we're still here, um, self isolate, self isolating in deepest darkest Hampshire. Um, it's again a beautiful day. Trees. Well, I don't know. It's just, but I'll tell you something. My hay fever is kicking in. Well, the blossom. It's um the reason your hay fever is kicking in because it's all the tree uh, pollen at the moment. Mm. It's particularly bad. Um, but I must admit, I um I went to cycle ride yesterday evening, 
into the into the deepest darkest countryside. That was Hampshire. deepest darkest, wasn't and it? And it was a beautiful evening, and uh, I went past uh, some sort of woodlands, and uh, there was a carpet of bluebells, which was absolutely stunning. What a beautiful description. I know. Well, they, they, they just, you know, no I can't be... think you were a dis- an accountant. I know I can be eloquent a if carpet. needed to. Um, but the other thing is, is because um, I, I I wanted to test out my uh, blown quad. Okay, so it's another ailment of the family foams. Um, is my back and co- and Steve has a uh, one of your quads is blown. Yes, but I mean <laughs> it, it blew quite a while ago, and, it, and it's playing football, uh, wasn't it, on the uh, Stanley pitch? Playing football, uh, yes, it was. Um, I, and I should have known better because I was over fifty. But anyway, where I stopped. Yeah. Yes. Again, there was this absolutely stunning v- view, vista. I might use the word vista. It's not like the word vista. Look at you and um, your words. And I know, and it was rolling countryside. And in the one of the little dips, you could see the church tower. Oh, wonderful! And it was just like being in, as I imagine, the world of the Hobbit. Um, it looked like the Shire, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It, Look at it, me, referencing there. I, I know, yeah. Tom Bombadil uh, yeah, and the Shire. And, and if, you, if you had somebody just walking up the hill at that point named Tom, that would have made it. That would have made it. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, Steve is our designated chopper, so he's the one who goes out and gets our groceries each week. Um, and unfortunately, if we... Well, I asked for chocolate and it didn't come back. And I was told, no, we were going to be healthy and take advantage of yes. the... Fresh fruit and vegetables. To, to be to be fair, we have um, taken a, this one of the things. I mean, I've started exercising more. We're definitely eating more healthily than we have done for a while. But um, I did sort of, I guess, uh, acquiesce on the chocolate. And because I now, demanded it. Yeah, yeah, and we now have naughty Thursdays. <laughs> now, can I? Can I just? Lovely. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? Yeah, we will. Um, I might even just cut that out. Actually. <laughs> Uh, my uh, daily walk, because obviously I can't walk very far at the moment, um, is just down this road. And there is, I've taken to noticing the post boxes and the Royal Ciphers on the post box. And there's a post box that's just down there. I'm pointing, listen, I'm pointing in the direction. Uh, there's a post box down there. And it, the Royal Cipher on it is for Edward the Seventh. Uh, which was, and he reigned from 1901 to 1910. And it's just, it's literally just down there. It's like a piece of blinking history. Like within spitting distance. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, the other day, uh, listener, we we were out uh, going out to get our eggs um, from our egg supplier, and um, Paula made me stop on the way back because there was a letterbox. Oh, now this one's a really good one. So I saw this on Twitter. Um, somebody who lives near here, and so we we came back from collecting the eggs in that direction. And there's a post box there that is Edward VIII, who is the the, the one that uh, the Queen's uncle who abdicated. And there were only what did I say? It was only three hundred of them made or something? No, no. You oh, oh and there's hundred and thirty left. Yeah, you said there was hundred thirty-seven left, but I don't know how many originally made. But there yeah. wasn't that many. Because no. well, he didn't he didn't last very long to be first as king uh, anyway. No, I can't remember how many days he he lasted. But he wasn't uh, he didn't have a coronation anyway. Um, moving on from there, um, hey, did you, did you are you hearing me when I'm playing my ukulele? By the way. Oh my goodness! It's 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 just like angels are playing a harpsichord at times. Oh, stop it. Um, 
So I've turned the page in my diary to see what I should be doing next week if I were in the Falkland Islands. And on Wednesday the 29th, I've just got Need Dead Bodies, um, which... <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not really sure why why I needed dead bodies. I think it was a police exercise. I think the police had contacted me in my role as um, secretary of the drama group because they needed some dead bodies for a... Some an exercise or something. Yeah, they they often ask for volunteers to yeah. pretend to be wounded and or incapacitated. But uh, yeah, obviously they've gone a bit up, further on that and wanted dead ones. Dead. Yeah, um, trout season closes on next week. By the way, thirtieth in the Falkland Islands. Trout season closes. You've been fishing in the Falklands? No, I haven't. So I can't really comment on. It. I mean, there's. The, I mean, the the, the sea trout. Are fantastic. If you are a f- an angler or an avid fisherman, you should definitely visit the Falklands because it's got some of the best trout fishing in the world. Um, I actually I, I do remember casting a line with a bit of bacon on for some mullet at, at Darwin off one of the uh, sort of um, pontoons there once upon a time. With uh, oh, with Andy, with Andy yeah. yeah, with Andy, uh, and we caught some mullet. I mean, again, but you know, they're, they're not they're not particularly hard to catch because they eat anything. So, uh, as opposed to when we were first married, and I took Steve carp fishing at this lake, and um, I put you on some um, tutti frutti sweet corn is what you put me on. Tutti frutti flavored sweet corn on the bottom. Yeah, but you, I put you on a bottom rig, right? So and that's where they all feed on the bottom. So I was pretty certain you were going to get yeah, you and and, get a and, bite. You, and you were on dog meal. I was on no, I was on dog biscuits on a yeah. free line on the surface because it was a beautiful clear day, and anyone who fishes will know that the carp on a clear day will come up and just take your bait from the from the surface of the uh, yes. And so bear in mind, I'd not known Mrs. Foams very long at this point. And uh, when I asked to go fishing, I said, oh, well, I'll give it a go. I'd, I'd done a little bit of fishing before. And uh, so I turn up and uh, Mrs. Foams is in full camouflage. <laughs> and I'm in oh. shorts and a T-shirt. And <laughs> and uh, so I was thinking, oh, I see. Obviously take some angling fish seriously. And then when we get to within about 20 metres of the uh, shoreline of this lake... Um, Mrs. Foams gets down on her hands and knees and crawls like an army soldier to <laughs> to the shore. And I'm thinking, what on earth is she doing? Because she doesn't oh want God. to frighten the fish. No. And I just thought this, you know, it was a bit surreal. But but to be fair, there were a number of anglers there fishing around this lake one day, all these, all these blokes, big masculine guys. You know, the odd perch they would catch. And, on a pole. But, but on a pole, on a, but a tiddly perch. And uh, Mrs. Foams took caught something like a, I don't know, £10... It was bigger than that. OK, but it was a mirror 15, carp. £15 mirror £15 carp. £15 and, uh, and then when, when all... But the funny thing was, is when all the guys saw uh, Paula oh. caught this mirror, they all left. I was a they, lot thinner then. <laughs> yeah, they, they all... They, all um, they couldn't handle the competition well, and uh, all left. Do you know what? Funny enough, I read somewhere that actually female scent... Is more attractive, but it's with salmon fishing. So I think I correct me if I'm wrong, listener. But I think the record for salmon fishing is is it's been caught by a woman, the biggest salmon, caught by a woman, and it's something to do with our pheromones. 
So <coughs> there you go. Get your, get your rods out if you're that way inclined. Um, things that have attracted us this week, I thought we'd do some recommendations. I'm a big fan of Twitter. So you follow me on Twitter. I'm Rita underscore Seagull um, because that's the name I write under. Um, but you'll be able to see it's me anyway. Um, I follow a couple of people. I follow a lady called Lara and her um, Twitter handle is London Mudlark and she looks for treasure or looks for interesting things on the banks of the Thames as it's... Yes. As it um, received... It, it, wonderful, the stuff that she picks up. Really, really like that. And then recently, this week, um, I've been following a guy called Dean Wilson who, I think he's up in Withensea, um, and he goes for his walk along the beach and photographs really interesting pebbles. <laughs> sounds really sad, but it's really good. And uh, he's a poet as well. He's called Poet Dean Wilson Six, and uh, it's it's fabulous. I just love his po- I just love his poems, and I'm not a big poem person. Um, but I have to say, the best, absolutely the best person to follow at the moment is Bob Mortimer. He's brilliant. Oh he? my goodness, his also whole a fisherman. Also a fisherman um, with Paul Whitehouse, doesn't he do yeah, a program with yeah. that? But um, Bob Mortimer is absolutely hilarious at the moment. He's he's um, created this character who is... Uh, called Train Guy. It's called Train Guy, who um, goes on uh, conference calls with Jeff Linton. Um, oh, no, no, Jeff Linton seems to be the boss. Jeff Linton's the boss, yeah, and, so and Col, Colin, Colin is the Colin guy. Is it, yeah. But uh, I, I would strongly recommend you have a look at them. And um, it's and, every... and and while you do it, have a cup of choo choo. Yeah, it's every <laughs> single person you've overheard on the train. Yes, uh, going into London being super important. Um, and one of the phrases he he used on his last one was, "Yes, we're going to put that in the thought fridge and snack on it later." Later, yes. Which made me thinking about um, uh, those kind of phrases, those like management phrases that. I, and there are people, I've come across quite a few people who use these phrases. I was asking you, as you've got three degrees um, and you've got your MBA as well, um, have you ever come across people like that? Or do you use those kind of words? What cup of choo-choo? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not. I don't, I don't use the, no, things uh, like, um, let's aggressively pull positive change levers and, you know. Oh, there is a load of... MBA gobbledygook speak and which, the going forwardness. Uh, uh, yeah, not quite like that. I mean, he's he, obviously Bob is uh, Bob Mortimer. That is is uh, kind of making it funny. But no, there is a whole load of MBA speak. And um, to be fair, listener, if you're ever in one of those situations around a meeting and somebody goes into that, just ask them what it means. Rather than stand there thinking, what on earth does this mean? I'm out of my depth. And, and, and thinking, oh, this, this, just just say sorry and say, could you explain what you're talking about, please? <laughs> and um, either A, they will, they will, uh, you will become enlightened yeah. and find out, or B, you'll find out they're completely bluffing themselves and have no idea yeah. and they've just read it in a book somewhere. Can you see how we're so careful to say that one word <laughs> <laughs> that starts with bull yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. to the T? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. There is a an online uh, generator, <laughs> business mm, generator, which um, I had a quick look at, and they're called buzzwordsforyou.co.uk. So if you're sitting uh, in isolation, you've got to write an email today um, to sort of explain something, get on there and you can find some great uh, lines uh, which you can use. Like, this needs some approximate reasoning for real-time probabilistic processes. 
Yeah, what, what Use those. <laughs> like, get as many P words in there as you yeah. can. Or join the plain English campaign. Do you know what? I was sitting in a, an, um, uh, a legislative assembly meeting uh, some time ago. I'm not going to say which member of the legislative assembly it was, but it was one of the camp representatives, and they were doing a portfolio report. And I've never heard so many words beginning with P in, in my life. I, I started to wonder whether he'd, he'd done it as a bet to see how many P's you could get involved in. Well, you've narrowed that down to two. Haven't <laughs> 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 I? Although I don't tell you, didn't tell you which Legislative Assembly it was, because at the time there was a younger member of the Legislative Assembly who was sitting there wearing Christmas socks, which had some kind of logo on them, and I couldn't... I was trying to read what it said on his socks, but anyway... Well, yes, and I would imagine if it's a particular member, a Legislative member, I think it's probably Liverpool... <laughs> To be perfectly honest, there's a lot of Liverpool supporters. Oh in my goodness, yeah, What's that they've all, about? all come out of the woodwork this season, and of course, um, oh look, bit of sport for you, I know, Stephen. Yes, look. the interesting thing is here: will Liverpool, after 31 years, actually win the the English Premiership for the first time? I mean, they're miles ahead, but of course, it's been suspended. Would, yeah, but would they do that? Would they? Would they? Crown them as champions, even well, though there's, no one's had the chance there, to. There is, well, not as yet, and of course it's going to, there'll be a whole load of wranglings and negotiating and everything like that, but, uh, and it's unprecedented that a football league hasn't finished. But, for instance, the Scottish leagues, not the Premiership, but leagues one, two to three, have managed to get all the clubs to decide on the outcome, and they've decided on who's been promoted, who's been relegated, and everybody has um, uh, agreed. Um, the Bundesliga in uh, Germany is purportedly starting up again on the 8th of May, and there's talk of the Premiership um, basically starting up again in either mid-June, stroke to July, and finishing. Mm. There's 90, apparently there's 92 games left to be played. Um, but yeah, but you know, as as nobody knows, you know when this is social distancing and the lockdown measures are going to be uh, sort of taken off or, or less restrictive, uh, nobody can really quite make a, a decision yet. So um, obviously, one of the options is is that the Premiership is just that's it; it never finished, and we start again. And uh, I think most Liverpool supporters would be. Completely gutted Gosh, about yeah. that because they were so far ahead. Who was second? Uh, Man City were second and they were, I can't remember now, it might have been 21 points behind. So if they'd won every single game since the Premiership... Look at me asking proper, proper legit yeah, yeah. football questions. If they'd won every single game after the everything had been suspended, would they have had a chance to beat Liverpool? Um, well, no, it's, it's not so much as Man City winning all their games. It's more of Liverpool only needed to win, I think, three more um, games. Oh, okay. Three more games out of the, been... I think it was nine, nine remaining and games. And then there would be no catching them. And, and that would have been it. OK, so theoretically then, Liverpool could have lost every single game that they had left and Man City could have won every single game they had left and they would have swapped places. Yes, theoretically. theoretically, but I'm not being funny. I could not have seen Liverpool losing all of their remaining games. See, this is what's great about Steve, listener, because Steve is a football fan. He he supports Aston Villa, 
but he's a football fan and he, and that's what I've always admired about you because you genuinely like watching football no matter what it is as long as it's you know people are giving it their all sort of thing yeah oh no <laughs> I love what I mean I've you know I've been to uh, Wembley to see the at the time the championship playoff and that was between Bristol City and Hull City when Hull City won one nil um I've been to see an FA trophy final which had Torquay United in can't remember the other team but Torquay lost unfortunately um sorry here we go um uh, every football game Mr Holmes uh, uh, well, you know so I, I genuinely will go you know I do enjoy watching Villa um Oh, I'd, I'd say that reverse, reservedly. Well, we went, not... didn't we? I can't remember. What, I, I don't, you remember who they were <clears> playing. And didn't it get to something like 4-0? Um, Villa were losing 4-0. And, you, and it, was it, there's about half an hour to go or ten minutes to go? Or no, there, there's only two times in my Aston Villa <laughs> washing career where I've left Villa Park early. Um, but the game that you're talking about was against Spurs and Villa were... 3-0 three three down and just playing absolutely atrociously and after 72 minutes said to everybody do you want to go so we left everybody that was us and the girls yeah and we walked round <coughs> the um, the north stand and uh, there was an almighty eruption and my daughter said look Dad Villa got one back and no. I said no that's <laughs> top that Spurs have scored another one and had they had Spurs they have gone thorn up and yeah. it was yeah, it was just one of the worst games I'd ever seen at Villa Park, to be honest. Um, top tip to anyone listening who fancies going to uh, Villa Park when the lockdown is over, um, go to Trinity Road because they've got chips. Because the last time we went, we had to go to the Doug Ellis stand and they didn't have any chips. Anyway, that brings us to... Look at that. Well, it was a proper programme, End on Sport. Yeah? Oh, my goodness. Um, that comes to the end of the podcast for us this week. Um, if you've noticed any disjointedness in there, it's because I had to cut things out. Um, and if you'd like to engage with us, just drop us a line, stationmanager@fitv.co.fk. Follow me on Twitter. Give me a follow, um, at Rita underscore Seagull. I'm just going to plug that because I'm just going to. Yeah. Um, and have a look at um, the FITV Facebook page for updates and whatnot. They're doing a fabulous job up there. Down there, rather. So stay safe, uh, wash your hands, stay indoors, um, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. You've got to sing two verses of happy birthday um, and we will see you uh, next week. Bye now. Bye.